Hi, welcome to the Clave Chronicles. My name is Rebecca Bodenheimer, and I'm a freelance writer and cultural critic. I just want to tell you a little bit about myself and the way that I'm thinking about this podcast as a sort of introduction. So I have a PhD in ethnomusicology. Yes, that's a real field. Look it up. Um, It's like the anthropology of music is an easy way of explaining it. And um, pretty soon after I began my graduate studies, I knew that I wanted to study Cuban music. And my interest in Cuban music actually goes back to my late teen days and Gloria Estefan. She put out uh, her first um, all-Spanish language album in 1993 called Mi Tierra. And I was just really taken by the album and I memorized it. And um, I just loved the blend of these rhythms, these very catchy rhythms with the melodic lyricism. And so that was kind of the first time that I became fascinated by Cuban music. Um, And then quite a few years later when I started uh, my PhD, I decided that that was going to be the focus of my research. Now, I I think I also held uh, some romanticized views about the island of Cuba as well. I was raised by leftists in San Francisco, and my parents were were very involved in um, activism related to U.S. imperialism in Latin America, and so I definitely learned about Cuba early on, and, and it was held up as this one successful example of resistance to U.S. imperialism. And so I definitely think there was some, you know, that I had some idealized views about Cuba. Um, and when I began traveling to Cuba, which was exactly 20 years ago in 2003, and um, I kept on going back for my research and, you know, I really got to spend time there, got to know people, eventually even married a Cuban. Um, my views about the island have definitely changed during that time and I think become a lot more nuanced and critical. So that's a little bit about me. Um, In terms of my specific research um, on Cuban music, my my dissertation focused on an Afro-Cuban genre called rumba. Now you may have heard of the rumba, uh, which is spelled R-H-U-M-B-A, you may have seen uh, that that reality show that used to exist, Dancing with the Stars, and they would often do a rumba night. And that rumba um, theoretically comes from the Cuban rumba, but it really has almost nothing to do with the original genre. And I'm pretty sure I'll 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 probably take that on in in one of my episodes and kind of how that came to be and just, you know, how the rumba penetrated the U.S. and kind of made its way beyond Cuba. And I eventually 
published a book in 2015 that expanded my focus to a few other genres of Afro-Cuban music, and it looked at the impact of regionalism and race on contemporary musical performance. Now, it, it is an academic book. It was designed to be read by other academics, but I think, I, I'm hoping it was written in a way that could be read that wouldn't prevent general audiences from reading it. So I'll definitely link to that in the show notes in case you want to check that out. Hopefully I'll be able to, you know, do some episodes that focus more on rumba and percussion genres as we move forward with the podcast. But I think to start, I'm going to focus on more popular mass mediated or commercial Cuban musical styles and the way they've penetrated genres in the U.S. and beyond. And I'm also um, eventually hoping to invite some guests onto the podcast, fellow Cuban music scholars, maybe even some musicians, so that things feel more conversational. My plan is to put an episode out every week, so please do subscribe to the Clave Chronicles on your favorite podcast platform so you'll know when they drop. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about the title of the podcast, You may have heard the word clave, which refers to both a five-note rhythm and to a handheld instrument called the claves, which are two wooden sticks beat against each other that play the clave rhythm. And that clave rhythm is ba, 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 ba. So the clave rhythm has come to be sort of one of the main organizing principles of Cuban popular music. And by extension, New York, Puerto Rican salsa, which, um, which is based on Cuban music. So, you know, it's, it's just one of those, I think, key symbols of Cuban music. And that's why I've chosen that name. Now, the interesting thing about the clave is it even pops up in the early history of rock and roll employed by rhythm and blues musicians like Bo Diddley and Johnny Otis in the 1950s. The rhythm was actually known by American musicians not as the clave rhythm, but as the Bo Diddley beat. And I just want to play you a clip of Johnny Otis's song, Willie and the Hand Jive, so you can um, see how the clave rhythm was utilized by these R&B musicians and early rock and roll. So my plan for this podcast is to take you on a journey through the history, sounds, and global influence of Cuban music, illuminating how the island's musical history has contributed to more contemporary genres and sounds. And the reason I think, you know, this is a good topic to to think about is that Cuba has really had an outsized musical influence in the world given that it all comes from a small island of about 11 million people. Now, while comparatively small, Cuba is the largest and most populous island in the Caribbean, so that does make some sense. And 
I think there's an argument to be made that Jamaica has had maybe an even more disproportionate influence um, musically beyond its borders, given that its population is only is less than three million. But in the Spanish-speaking world, at least, Cuban music is one of the most influential and um, and longstanding as well. And it's really held its own next to the far more populous nations of Mexico, Argentina, and Brazil. As I hope will become clear, the influence has often extended to the United States and actually goes back far earlier than you might think. Cuban music has been penetrating global culture since at least the 1830s, when the rhythm known as the habanera, or habanera, uh, which takes its name from the Spanish word for Havana, La Habana, made its way to Europe and other parts of Latin America. And this rhythm would become immortalized in Bizet's 1875 opera Carmen. In her first act aria, which is popularly known as the Habanera. And I just want to play you a clip of that so you can hear that Habanera rhythm, which is a bum, 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 bum. So it's, you know, it is, it is similar in some ways to the clave. It has some syncopation in there, um, you know, and, and I think as, as you'll see, as, you know, as more episodes come out, the clave rhythm is not the only, I would say, influential, you know, Cuban rhythm. There are sort of a pantheon of Cuban rhythms that really structure the different genres that have come out of the island. But anyway, here's a clip of that aria from Carmen. Beyond the Habanera rhythm, Cuban music is also thought to have had an influence on the music of Scott Joplin, the King of Ragtime, and other 19th century Black American composers who were merging Black musical forms like blues and eventually jazz with European classical music. Jelly Roll Morton, uh, one of the originators of early New Orleans jazz, actually called the Habanera rhythm and other Cuban musical influences that he drew on for his compositions he called this the Spanish tinge. And this relationship between Cuba and New Orleans is particularly important. And I think that that's probably something that we'll see coming up. So these are the types of histories and musical examples and genres I want to share with you on the Clave Chronicles. If you're a fan of Cuban music or Latin popular music, or if you're just a music history buff more broadly, I think you'll really enjoy it. And I just wanted to give you a taste of some of the topics I'm planning to cover in future episodes. So they include the roots of the Buena Vista Social Club, the Afro-Cuban jazz movement of the 1940s, Gloria Estefan and the crossover um, of Latin music to pop, the rumba craze of the 1930s, Cuban son and the development of New York salsa, bolero and its influence on Latin romantic music, and 
and the Cuban influence on Congolese sucus, which is one of those maybe more surprising things that you might not have known, which is that Cuban popular music has been very influential um, across Africa, really, but particularly um, in the Congo. So I'd love to know if there's a particular aspect of Cuban music you're interested in learning more about. I'm taking suggestions, so please let me know if you have any. And as I'm just getting started, I'll need your help in spreading the word. I'd be really appreciative if you could let your music lover friends know about this podcast. And again, please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform. You can follow the Clave Chronicles on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Clave Chronicles. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.